When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four. And England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Now look back at the third day's play in the LV Insurance Test Series. Second test, England, New Zealand, Edgbaston and, well, last rights are upon England now. They're 35 for nine, effectively. Uh, a disastrous batting performance, which just actually was sort of demoralising in a way. You, you, you always, I suppose, begin Test Series with, with some hope, even though England have to field untried players and various people are not available, you still have some hope that someone will show some fight and some talent and some uh, encouragement for the future. But with this performance, uh, it was just devastatingly bad, actually, wasn't it? Would, would you agree? Well, it felt like the bad old days, the the 80s and 90s. England have had lots of Saturdays like that uh, 30 years ago, especially an Ashes Saturday. It reminded me of that, actually. Um, what we we become used to this England side being you know, pretty strong in in the twenty first century. Twenty years they sort of turned it round. You, you go back to nineteen ninety nine, that defeat at the Oval, England was sort of bottom of the pile. New Zealand winning that uh, Test series, it sort of feels as if it's sort of come full circle in a way. Uh, it was the batting was so poor yesterday. It, it was it was astonishingly bad. There was the technique. Uh, resolve. I mean, England got themselves back in the game, and then it was just sort of frittered away. 122 for nine, and New Zealand on the verge of of winning. Unless, unless there's you know one of the the great Test miracles. But I mean, it, <laughs> um, even if there's a miracle, they're still going to lose. I mean, they're in that bad a situation uh, going into the fourth and what almost certainly will be the final day. Yeah, I thought I I think I heard Phil Tufnell say on radio that. Uh, when Mark Wood hit a six to put England into the lead, marginally, obviously, with seven wickets down, he said, well, if he does that another 20 times, we might have a chance. And I think that sort of you know, put it into perspective, really. 
there was some hope with with the way they managed to annihilate the last few wickets uh, after that long stand in the morning. But I don't know, so often with 90 lead or so, something like that, you but you go into bowl again with quite a lot of optimism and expectation. And actually Matt Henry, who's someone that, is, again, like, like many of these New Zealanders, sort of underrated cricketer, the sort of super sub, they call him, don't they? And he's never taken five for in a test match. And he often, he very rarely plays two tests in a row because they've got so many other fast bowlers they can call on. When he's come down to England to play for Kent, I remember one season he had something like 30 wickets at eight or something after about four games. And he's just a, a master of making the, the, the batsman uncertain of what to play and what to leave and getting a little bit of sort of waspish movement away from the bat to the right-handers, especially with the new ball. He's incredibly reliable. And he just took three wickets in a trice. Yeah. Last time there was an Edgbaston Test match, uh, there was a 90-run first-innings lead. And the, the team that conceded that 90-run first-innings lead were Australia, and they went on to win the game by 251 runs. I mean, there was, there was no hint of England managing to do that with 85 behind on, on first innings yesterday. You felt, actually, they, they sort of did have a chance, strangely. They, they did seem to sort of drag themselves back into the game. They were slightly punished, though, by that last-wicket stand of 27, which extended the lead from what, 58 to 85. And it, it was sort of, there was a sort of psychological element to it as well. Uh, Patel came out and played really well you know he actually dealt with Mark Wood and those those runs just gave New Zealand that 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 extra cushion and once Rory Burns went in the first over it, I think Henry did he did he did bowl well I mean they, what they do is they they it's like they're batting isn't it there's a sort of relentlessness about their bowling as well they, they get the ball in the right place and England combusted Burns who's been so solid so far Drove at one outside the off stump early oh, on. The confidence well, there, wasn't yeah. It? I mean, well, it was well like possibly he was still eighty not out or something. Well, almost. that's the thing. Sometimes, I mean, it's, it can happen. Sometimes, if you're in good form, you actually play at that ball because you think I can hit this through the extra, extra cover for four or, or down the ground for four. If you're not such in good form, that's the perverse thing about it. You probably would have let it go. And it was one of those. Sort of, you think it's one of those sort of balls that burns. In, in the first innings at Lords, would have just let go outside the off stump, and, again, and then suddenly a naught for one in the first over. Sibley got out in that in in the way they got out in the first innings. Uh, sort of the way you feel you can get him out. It's quite worrying, I think, for a, a, an opening batsman in in Test cricket. Yeah. And then suddenly you're two down, and you're re you know you really are under pressure. And then there's no Steve Smith to come in, I and mean, that's what Australia had when they recovered that situation in the last Edgbaston Test match. They had Smith to, to come in at that in that dire situation because. Because they were in a similarly dire situation, but they were able to to drag it round. So, uh, we, one of the things we thought at the start of this series, one of the things I thought at the start of the series, is is the potential for New Zealand and India to wreck England's Ashes plans. And a lot, there's been a lot of comment yards about oh, England, you know, all England do is focus on the Ashes. And actually, what, what's interesting, because this time they have sort of, they have set their stall out to focus on the Ashes. That's exactly what they've done. They've recognised it as, as sort of the most important point in the calendar. And New Zealand and India are sort of staging posts along the way. But, you know, they could just get knocked off the mountain, uh, you know, trying to get to that summit um, along the way. And, and, that, and that's, a, that's a big problem for them. They do have players to come back. But do they have the number of players to come back to to turn around this team? Uh, that, yeah. I mean, that's the big question. 
Well, I think that there, there undoubtedly are, you know, Stokes, Butler, Wokes are, you know, fine cricketers. So that definitely will make a difference. Of course, New Zealand themselves were without Williamson and Southie and, and Watling in this test match. So that almost balances it out, really. And I think that the, the mistake that England make about focusing on the ashes all the time is this time, you know, usually... Certainly for the last, for most of the last 20 years, Australia were the best team in the world or one of the best two teams in the world. So to focus on the Ashes was fair enough, but now they're not. Now New Zealand and India are the top two teams, test teams in the world. So should be focusing on them to see how we compare. And uh, I guess, you know, I, I, I've written a piece for the Sunday Times and I've sort of tried to focus on pitches a bit and the fact that English pitches are not great. And it's reflected, that is county pitches, and, and it's reflected in the way that England have picked a sequence of batsmen over the last five to six years, all of whom average in the 30s in county cricket. Now, they're not bad players, these guys. I mean, you could go through from Sam Robson, Adam Lythe, uh, Tom Wesley. Uh, you know, there's so many of them that have been picked, uh, including the, the current crop. None of them average over 40. In fact, the only ones that do are Burns and Pope both of whom, of course, play at the Oval, which is a, a fantastic pitch, the best best in the country, and Root, who, who's a class act. And all the others average in the 30s, and therefore, they're not, that, they're not that good. And it may be a consequence of playing on not great pitches that they're not that good. But if you go back to England's test team in the sort of 80s and 90s, or certainly the 80s, you know, the likes of uh, Gooch, Gatting, Stewart... Um, Atherton, you know, all those players were were averaging 40 and even 50 in county cricket. Boycott, you know, averaging 50 in county cricket. And that's why they are able to, to, to play at the substantial innings in test cricket that they were. This bunch, just, they're, they're, they're cameo players, most of them. And therefore, you're going to get those collapses like, like we had yesterday. And they're also young as well. It, it is worth... Uh... You know, bearing in mind, Crawl is 23, Pope's 23, Lawrence is 23, Brace is 24, Sibley is 25. So that, that, that I mean, that is true. They are, you know, they are in the sort of relative infancy of their international careers. I mean, I suppose the problem is, is if you if you get um, if you struggle so much, you end up not having much of an international career, and and the, and the selectors uh, look elsewhere. I mean, that, that I suppose that's that's the next issue uh, for England is is what what they do from here. Do they jettison some of the players? Well, they they will to some extent, or at least they'll take them out of the side because that they've got one or two players uh, to come back in. And Bracey, for example, will will go out of the side. Uh, he he has had a really chastening couple of Test matches. I mean, really really in the spotlight. Both you know, as a keeper as well. I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it? You, he's been every time he's been on the field, every moment, every ball he's been on the field, he has been under tremendous scrutiny. Some batsmen come in and you know they field in the slips or they field it in the gully or whatever, and you don't really notice them. But with Bracey, you've noticed him just about every ball he's been on the field because he's in the game the whole time. Obviously, batting, you're you know the focus is on you, and then when you're keeping as well, uh, the focus is on you. And he dropped he dropped a catch yesterday that. You, you really want your keeper to take, and he, he's dropped a lot of balls in the game. He's, the thing is, he's not that experienced a wicketkeeper, no, and in a strange point. way, 
in a strange way, it's very odd how England got to the, to the state where he, they had Bracey keeping and batting yeah. at number seven. It's an sort of unfortunate um, set of circumstances, really. You've got your Butler as your, as your main keeper. There's Folks, there's Bairstow, who I, who I think you know is is perfectly capable of being a wicketkeeper batsman for England. And if you, if you you know if Butler weren't available and Folks wasn't available, I would have Bairstow as my next you know, definitely as, as my next you know num, number seven batsman. That was where he was doing quite well a while yes. back. Yeah, you know, I mean, I remember interviewing him when he when he brought his book out about his life about two or three years ago. Mm. And, and he said his ambition was to, to play 100 tests as keeper batsman for England. Mm. And he'd had mm. 40 or 50, I think, at the time uh, as, as a keeper. So mm. he's, he's had a decent career as a wicketkeeper batsman. And he's a class cricketer. And yeah, yeah the, the circumstances that enabled none of those players to play with their being rested from the IPL, that is going to have to be looked at because it's totally destabilised England. I mean, you know, New Zealand actually haven't suffered that in the same way. Trent Bolt didn't play the first test, but their IPL cricketers have, like Williamson, people like that, have actually been available. So, yeah. And Trent Bolt, obviously, in, in the second test. So it's it, it's, a, it, it's a bit of a mess, really, isn't it? And, and England have cobbled together a team which has kind of revealed the mediocrity of county cricket, or at least the, the massive gap between county cricket and the best test teams. On the last podcast, we mentioned LV Insurance and ECB's £1 million hashtag funds for runs community initiative. We'll be using this part of the podcast each time to talk about a different project using the funding to do some really great work to help recreational cricket in this country recover and rebuild. Well, we need that, certainly. Next up is Stoke Newington Cricket Club in Hackney, who were the very first recipients of a Funds for Runs grant. As the first, they were surprised by England and World Cup winner Anya Shrubsall joining a club Zoom call to tell them the news that they'd received a grant to set up a summer-long programme of free activities aimed at attracting women and secondary-age girls in inner-city Hackney to take up cricket. The funding will go towards a number of weekly sessions on Hackney Marshes, which include integrating mums at the same time as junior sessions to help battle a lack of childcare. Mums and daughter softball cricket sessions for beginners, outreach sessions for secondary age girls and friendly festivals for all on Sundays. And that's a great initiative, actually, because, of course, 80% of primary school teachers are women. And the more women and girls we can get involved in cricket in some way or other, the more they'll teach their pupils at schools, at primary schools, to play cricket. So that's great for the game. I was at Stoke Newington Cricket Club not so long ago, actually, a few weeks back. It's a really great facility, and there aren't that many cricket clubs around that area. It's, it's, a, it's a, on a lovely day. It's a really nice place uh, to play. Well, we've talked about England's batting in this test match. What about their bowling? What, what New Zealand have been able to do in both tests? And who knows, if the rain hadn't come in the, the first test, they might have been able to go on and build a really strong position in that game and go on to win that match as well. New Zealand have got similar scores in, in both test matches so far, the high 300s. I mean, normally uh, in England, it's quite tricky for batting. And what we've seen so far this summer is two quite dry pitches. And England have said they want to play on dry pitches in preparation for for the Ashes. I wonder whether it's it's slightly negating one of England's strength. You, know, you talk about home advantage, and we saw it in India in the winter. 
uh, you know, that, that very clear home advantage where they've got gun spinners and then uh, they won down in the series and then bang the pitches really started to to spin and you think of english conditions you think of you know greenish uh, dampish sort of pitches possibly uh, and and you know and that has helped english seam bowlers english pace bowlers of course new zealand have got them as well so you know you you, you take a risk if you, if you if you do that how have england bowled in, in this test match uh, anderson only one wicket uh, lower order player neil wagner uh, lots of overs but only one wicket and he's been quite skinny on and wickets in this series uh, broad with four and then stone yesterday picking up a couple and uh, you know wood as well back-to-back test matches how have england bowled i think uh, broad has been excellent I, I really thought he bowled superbly in both innings and was unlucky not to take more wickets. I think Anderson, and, and by the way, Broad's speeds have been as good as he's ever had. I mean, he's been bowling 87, 88 miles an hour, so nothing nothing wrong with him. Um, Anderson also, his speeds have been pretty good. Uh, I've been watching that to see because I know Nick Compton, amongst others, was sort of saying, is this the end for Anderson now? And uh, I was looking at the, the, the speeds of 84, 85 miles an hour, but consistently I don't think he's getting quite as much late movement perhaps uh, especially not the inswinger I think the outswinger is all right but this inswinger and his bowling across the left-handers doesn't seem to be swinging quite as much though I don't think England had a particularly swingy ball actually in, in the first innings I, I, I think he's bowling a few more loose balls actually he's bowling a few more half volleys that may be an attempt to try and pitch it up a bit more uh, but He's certainly been hit for a few more boundaries than perhaps he would have uh, been used to in the past. So perhaps his control isn't quite as good. Wood, excellent, I thought. Uh, he's not It's not a pitch for him, this Edgbaston pitch, but he showed at uh, Lords that he has the, the firepower to, to get the, the ball up to 94, 95 miles an hour and hurry the best players. He's not a, a bowler for a, a line and length. But he certainly has that X factor and extra pace. And actually, I really enjoyed his batting in both things as well. Uh, Ollie Stone, yeah, he's, he's all right. Uh, he hasn't quite got the pace of wood. He does get quite a bit of movement, but he's not as accurate. So uh, he's not as accurate, sorry, as as the sort of Broad and Anderson. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's, he's good. I, overall, England's bowling was fine, I thought, actually. There was absolutely nothing wrong with it. They didn't bowl too many really wicked wicket taking balls and they were confronted by excellent batting you have to put that into perspective as well all the new zealanders were very determined with the bat and had great orthodox techniques and were hard to prize out so it's a really is the batting the, the in, in a way new zealand's run scoring the first thing was sort, sort of about par the sort of scores you'd expect on on that surface but it, it was england who under underachieved with the bat and one of the players who you know, really helped New Zealand along, and and it was a really tough struggle for him at the at the start. It's been a, it's looked a struggle for him actually in this this mini series. You know, Ross Taylor, so experienced, thirty seven years of age, over a hundred Test matches, averages in the the mid forties, and we are give, going to give him the uh, the award for the day. Yeah, we are the 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 LV Insurance In With Heart Award definitely goes to Ross Taylor, not just for his contribution in the third day at Edgbaston, but just for his commitment to. The cause generally, I notice that even age 37, after 100 tests and 230 one-day internationals, he's still working on his technique. He has a, a bit of a vulnerability as a, an LBW candidate early on because he plants his foot and his head, his, his head slightly tilts over towards the offside and he sometimes falls over. So all bowlers try and get him LBW. He's still working on little tiny sort of 
changes, alterations to his trigger movements to try and align himself better. And once he got through that difficult early period in his innings, in this third test, in this uh, in this second test, he uh, he started to flow. You know, playing some beautiful shots, lo lovely drives, cuts, pull shots. He's, he's got so much courage and commitment and. I, I just love his attitude to the game, that even at 37, he's trying to improve and dedicating himself to, to the New Zealand's cause. So he's a, a, a very worthy winner of the In With Heart Award today. Uh, and what he did as well, and, and what very few other players have been able to do in the game, at the top order anyway, we, we've saw some shots from, from Wood and Noah Down from New Zealand Patel, is actually take the attack to the bowlers. He What what, he, what they did yesterday, New Zealand, in that first hour, was really disrupting them. There were 60 runs in the first hour, everyone saying, oh, three overs to the new ball, and Anderson Broad took it, but Taylor was on the Taylor was on the charge and sort of putting the pressure uh, back on the bowlers. I mean, eventually, uh, you know, it was a high risk strategy. Eventually, uh, he he was dismissed. Another batsman uh, going in the eighties, and and that was all when England had their chance in the game. And Stone very nearly picked up another wicket. He had a catch dropped. I thought when Mitchell was out to Stone after lunch, that was a, a really big wicket, and England were beginning to work their way quickly through this New Zealand batting lineup. One thing we should say as well is it's it's sort of it's not quite New Zealand A, but there's a sort of aspect of, of it, um, of that, about this team. You know, they've, they've made six changes for this game and their batting lower down the order looked a bit thinner. And so England were able to, to make progress, <clears throat> which, <clears throat> which is why I thought they were right back in the match. Let's have a look at the the who's winning graphic. Well, we know who's winning now. Um, New Zealand are, are, are right up there. But let, let's have a look at the progression of the match, uh, Yoz, and see uh, where you know England were when they started their their second innings yesterday, how much they were uh, back in the match. I, mean, I think well, it's, the, it's the, fair. The, the, the lines kind of crossed over here uh, in in the just at, just around the tea interval, just before tea uh, on the third day, um, where New Zealand lost their last few wickets quite quickly, and England were going back into bat. And, and actually, the the odds on winning the game then were about fifty fifty. Uh, and so as soon as England lost those early two wickets, suddenly the England blue line began to slump and the New Zealand black line began to climb. And it just went uh, in those um, inexorable directions from there on. And I, I felt, you know, it was poor old Joe Root was stuck there trying to uh, resist and, and, and stay in and try and help the, the younger batsmen up the other end. But they weren't in long enough, really, for him to, to help them at all. And in the end, he played a rather forlorn cut shot himself and, and departed. And England's blue line plummeted to, to near zero. It's funny, actually, I was watching Root bat against Patel. And, I, and I, we've, we all saw how brilliantly Root batted in the winter against spin. Against, first in Sri Lanka, then that double hundred against India. And I thought, well... Is Patel really going to cause uh, Root many problems on this pitch? There is there is something there for the spin. It's not there's not a huge amount. I thought no, he 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 won't. But of course, even Root, uh, you know, going for that cut shot was just a bit of extra bounce from Patel. Even you know, even Root, you look you look at it and he would have been desperately frustrated as he, as he walked off. I I do wonder about. Yeah, it, it almost it, it almost has been the sort of perfect storm uh, for England and, and Root in this test. There's all sorts of reasons. I I wonder whether Root found the whole. Uh, you know, tweet situation, very, very distracting, something that's, you know, you, you were talking earlier in the test match about, you know, clear mind 
as a batter, you know, having a really clear mind. And I wonder whether that's, you know, whether there's a distraction, it's a huge distraction there in the background and whether that's been a a bit of a factor and, you know, and the fact he hasn't got the team he wants, uh, you know, the fact that New Zealand are strong uh, and it... It, it's it's all all sort of gone. It's gone against root really, and it's you know, it's, it's not. It's been a, a really couple of chase, chastening weeks for it, it has, for the England captain. Uh, it has. I, I think he will uh, cause to to review his and presumably Silverwood's decision not to chase the target at Lords and just play that. Even if they hadn't got there, but just to show a bit more purpose and initiative and be busy at the crease would have sent a really good message to the rest of the team and also to New Zealand. In, in, instead, New Zealand sort of saw that timidity, that almost fear, really, and thought, well, you know, these guys are there for the taking. Uh, it's such a contrast to, to the one-day side and, uh, the, again, the New Zealand influence on that from Brendan McCullum to Owen Morgan and the fearlessness that they played their cricket with, which just uh, took them... To the top of the tree in world cricket and obviously to the World Cup win as well. Uh, it, it is so much about attitude and I think that it comes from the top in the end and I, I, I felt it was very uncharacteristic of Joe Root the attitude of England at Lords on that last day and it, it's probably still sort of infiltrating them now so they do need a change of mindset which a, a Stokes or a Butler or even a Wokes will help with. Mm. Uh, a cynic would say uh, when you look at England's batting yesterday you can understand why they didn't chase or try to <laughs> chase the runs da- down at Lords you know you, they would have yeah. fallen in a heap I mean I think it, I think where England not chasing at Lords or not being a bit more proactive at Lords I'm not saying they necessarily won but it would just put a bit of pressure back on the New yeah. Zealand bowlers yeah. um, it just, just shows where this, this England side is this, this particular England side I mean it's not quite it's not quite England, is it? It's almost sort of half England A, but then they're sort of almost half playing New Zealand A as it is. You know, it's a, it's a strange test match, this one. You don't normally see uh, so many players missing from, from either side. But, I mean, it, you know, test match cricket, I suppose, has become, especially in the COVID times, has come a bit about ben- bench strength and yeah. you know, mixing and matching a bit. Take and you know, and perhaps test cricket in general. You know, players are rotated, rested a bit because of the the demands of international cricket. I mean, there's been a lot of anger about uh, around about England's team selection for this test match. You know, where are X, Y, Z? Why are they not playing? You know, someone like Chris Wokes, poor old Chris Wokes, who's who's barely played any cricket for about well since at the end last of last year. summer. Yeah. I mean, it's extraordinary that he he is centrally contracted. Mm. And he's hardly played at all. It does seem it does seem really odd how they've got to this situation. I mean, you can break it down and explain it logically, but it, uh, ultimately, at the end of it, it just feels it just feels really weird. Um, you know, the reason he's not playing, and the, I mean, just very quickly to go back to it, the reason he's not playing is because of I, I, you know, being in the bubbles the whole time, IPL bubble, and then that feeling, of, you know, would he have had enough bowling? You need you need to have that sort of consistency of bowling week in week out to be ready you don't want to suddenly be thrust back into a test match and then break down injured because you just haven't had that 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 workload that's all that's essentially it but it does seem it does seem really odd that he's not playing Stokes you can understand Stokes has got a broken finger just to remind everyone about that Joffre Archer is injured and then there's there's Joss Butler um you know they they said at the start didn't they that you know, with the IPL they were going to let them play in the IPL uh, they took wage cut last summer uh, I think the quid pro quo was that pe- 
players would be allowed to play in the IPL and, and you know make money in the IPL. And so they, they were sort of planning uh, without Butler uh, for these for this test series. And you know perhaps they wanted to have a I say they wanted to have a look at Bracey. Perhaps they wanted to have a look at Folks, and that went wrong. And then you know, Bracey has gone wrong as well. So there's sort of been a sort of perfect storm element to all of it, really, with the you know with the tweets as well. Uh, it's it's a it's a tough time, and uh, it it does feel like some of those. It really does feel like some of those times in the in the eighties, nineties, uh, when English cricket feels a bit all at sea. Um, yep. The, the yep. challenge is the challenge is somehow to to turn that around. Um, well, at least we've got some white ball cricket to focus on now after after this Test match day. White ball cricket until uh, early August. England tend to do a bit better at white ball cricket these days. How again? How how much that has turned around? That's right. And uh, there we are. I suppose the headline would be. Uh, excellent New Zealand and England suffering the curse of the IPL bubble. Uh, we'll leave you with that thought uh, as we say goodbye and we'll review the LV Test Series as a whole at the end of this match, which I think will come quite quickly. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.